and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one fantastic page of Talmud. And Shekalim 17 goes deep and long on the fantasy because right there, in the heart of the page, we see a story of a king on the roof of the temple holding the keys to Beth HaMikdash, to the holy temple in his hands, and the keys are whisked away to the heavens. In a scene that really reminded me, maybe it's just because I'm a big old nerd, but reminded me very much of, of something Tolkien-esque, something right out of Lord of the Rings. So I called an expert on all things Tolkien and all things Talmud. And as you could hear by his very proper accent, you know, an expert not to be meddled with. He is Rabbi Raphael Zarm, the dean of the London School of Jewish Studies, a pupil of Rabbi Sachs, and a scholar of Talmud and Tolkien alike. Rabbi Zarm, thank you so much for being our guest. Great to be here. Thank you. First of all, tell us this story. What's going on in today's stuff? Why is the king returning the keys to the temple? Well, it's actually Melech Yehoiachim. It's a king in the, uh, in the southern kingdom of Israel. And it's towards the end of the first temple period. And the Nebuchadnezzar, the uh, Babylonian, is going to be invading. And they're very worried about what's going to happen to the future of the temple. So they, the king actually goes upon the roof and wants to give the keys back to God and says, I don't want him to invade and I want to give him property, as it were, back to you to God. And there's two theories of what happens that Gabor describes. One says he throws the keys up. Another says that a hand comes down and takes them from him. And the reason that's really relevant to Lord of the Rings is because of what happens, as you know, with Frodo at the very end, when he has to throw the one ring, which is the power of Sauron, into the Mount Doom in order to stop Sauron from taking over the whole of Middle-earth. And the question is, is can Frodo actually throw it in and actually conquer his desires and let go of it, or not? And what actually happened in the story is very interesting, is that, as you know, Gollum attacks him and the ring falls accidentally and falls in and the world is saved. And a lot of Christian theologians analyzed that and they were trying to argue, you know, did he do the right thing? Or was it a matter of fate? And this is the idea. In other words, do people do the right thing because they manage to choose it? Or because fate just turns out and, and God makes sure that it's okay? And that's similar to our comedic story. You know, does the king actually throw the, the uh, keys up? Or does it have to be that God actually takes them and sorts it out and takes the power away from the human being? I mean, it relates very much. And when I was seeing the movie, Lord of the Rings version of it, it, it really made me think of that great part in, in Kervall where it says, Gibor, who is mighty can he, uh, who can control or conquer his desires. And that's the aim that Frodo has to do. And the entire battle that's going on, and the film does it brilliantly because it plays off this huge battle on one side with this one little hobbit letting go of this ring. And the most amazing moment, just when the battle's about to begin, is the great king Aragorn, who in our Talmud is Yehoiachin, turns around and just says two words to Frodo. All we're doing, our entire battle, is to enable one human being to conquer their desires and let go. And if they can do that, the world can be saved. And all the fighting is secondary to that need. So in that sense, it's a very Jewish idea. And Tolkien, in, in the book, was struggling with this ultimate idea. Is it just fate that it will turn out well and the ring can get four because Gollum attacked him? Or could Frodo actually let go? And he's battling with those two things in that wonderful scene towards the end of the uh, novel. Rabbi Zaram, as a Jew and as a nerd alike, I am quivering right now by this lesson in humility, in overcoming temptation, in understanding our place in the world and our relationship to the divine. There in this one seminal moment in Lord of the Rings, there in this one seminal moment in today's page of Talmud. Thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, you're welcome. Can I mention one little more thing which you already like? Absolutely. Tolkien was an expert in languages. 
Yeah, she translates the book of Job. And a lot of the words in Lord of the Rings are, are based on Hebrew. Just two names will do is Bilbo, which is Billy Bo in his heart, which is why Bilbo could handle the ring all these years, because he had a pure heart. And, and it talks many times in Tanakh about following your heart, whereas Frodo couldn't put the ring on. It would destroy him. He had to stay separate from it. And in Hebrew, the word to separate is lefared. So pared, Frodo, is separating. And that's why you can never put the ring on, because it will change him too much. And that's the struggle that Frodo has. Whereas Bilbo has it in his heart and can hold on to it. There's a lot more to that, but interesting stuff. Unbelievable. Rabbi Sar, thank you so much. Pleasure. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon.